Welcome to Power Up, a podcast show hosted by Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio that brings life to some of the stories on power electronics technologies and products featured on powerelectronicsnews.com and through other Aspencore media publications. In this show, you'll hear both engineers and executives discuss news, challenges and opportunities for power electronics in markets such as automotive, industrial and consumer. Here is your host, Editor-in-Chief of PowerElectronicsNews.com and EEWeb.com, Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this new episode of uh, Power Up. Today, we will talk about the wideband gap technologies through foundry services. In the rapidly advancing field of technology characterized by continuous innovation, companies such as uh, Episil and Vanguard International Semiconductor are working in delivering state-of-the-art solutions to address the constantly changing needs of the semiconductor industry. In Taiwan, I have had the pleasure to interview people at these companies to understand better the evolution of wideband gap. J.H. Xu, chairman of Episil, said in an exclusive interview with Power Electronics News that Episil primary offering revolve around its extensive foundry service, which include crystalline processes, epitaxial deposition, and silicon processes. According to Episil, they collaborate closely with clients to acquire a comprehension of their device's specific requirements. This strategy prioritizes the customer needs, ensuring that the company services are tailored to each project's specific requirements. John Wei, president of Vanguard International Semiconductor, and Shai Changshen, GAN program director of Vanguard International Semiconductor and a professor at the Georgia Institute of Technology in Atlanta, provided a broad overview of the wideband gap semiconductors. For the short term, the main is on GAN and Syngarbite. According to Vanguard speakers, these materials have gained significant attention due to their exceptional properties in the power electronics field. In this podcast, J.H. Xu, Episil, and then John Wei and uh, Shai Jiangshen, Vanguard International Semiconductor, will talk about the challenges in terms of manufacturing, devices, properties, and applications for wideband gap semiconductors. Let's listen to their voices for more information, you can find technical articles on Power Electronics News. Thank you. We provide the uh, uh, foundry service in terms of the uh, wafer process and also in terms of the uh, EPI. And this is not only uh, you know provided, majority is the uh, silicon process and silicon EPI, but we also provide a compound uh, foundry service, mm-hmm. uh, especially in silicon carbide and, and both silicon carbide and gamma nitride. Okay, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And right now we uh, we can, I think we are the only company can provide mm. both uh, gamma nitride I think so. mm-hmm. and SIC in Taiwan. I think SIC and, and again, why they, they, they are so, right now is so popular because they can provide you know, outstanding performance compared with the silicon, yeah. because the white band gate, they can, they can have, uh, you know, uh, uh, more, advantage, uh, uh, more advantage in terms of the uh, high voltage operation, high frequency of, uh, operation. And also in Sion Carbide, they have uh, some of the uh, additional um, uh, advantage. They have good thermal conductivity. 
which means uh, they can provide a better uh, thermal dispersion. And for GAN, they also one of the, uh, the additional uh, advantage, that's the anti-radiation. So they can use it in the uh, satellites. So anti-radiation is, uh, you know, is for GAN, not okay. for SIC. Okay, but GAN have their uh, challenge because uh, GAN right now, I think the first, first one is the application. Mm -hmm. Okay, their application is not big than SIC. SIC you can see in, uh, in especially in the high voltage operation. Yes. Okay, more than 1200, 1200 volt. Okay. Or even 1700 volt, uh, 3.3K. Okay. Yeah, that all, you know, belong to the SIC. But, uh, again, it's probably middles, they can, they can offer the uh, uh, low voltage, but you have to compete with silicon. Yes. Okay. Although you have a better performance, but again, you have to compete with silicon. Okay. And mi middle range, like uh, 650 volt. Well, some people talk ground. about 900 volt. Okay. But uh, for my understanding, again, also have some, still have some concern especially in terms of the uh, reliability. Okay. Yeah, because high frequency operation and, well, they, they are more concerned the uh, uh, reliability. And talking about a silicon carbide, I think the uh, uh, major issue in the past is the uh, cost. Yeah. From technology-wise, I think uh, silicon carbide is more, I, I, I can say that the entry barrier in terms of technology Again, is higher than silicon carbide mm. because silicon carbide is it's, um, it's almost a similar uh, technology. I mean, process technology is very similar with the traditional silicon. The only difference is that they are doing the same device in different uh, material. Oh, okay, okay. Okay, but again, it's total difference. Okay, you know, because they use a uh, different material, process material. In, uh, in uh, the ma difference material in the um, process, in wafer process, and also in the epi, epi testing. Okay. So the entry barrier of the technology, I can say, again, is much higher than silicon carbide. You have lots of uh, know-how need to know. Mm, okay. And also you you have buy some of the uh, specific tool. Okay. The reason is because uh, we're talking about the difference of the material, right? And silicon carbide is more hardened. Their hardness and transparency is different with the silicon substrate. So you have to buy some of the special tool like a high temperature implanter, high temperature furnace, and also the, um, you know, the backside uh, treatment like a, we call backside grinding, okay. backside metal is Total difference with the uh, with the silicon it, because it's more hardened okay. and, and transparency. And also in in the fab, you have to take care take care that handle the wafer very carefully. Otherwise, your 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 square rate will be higher. Okay, so that's the difference. And so the, there's a lot of uh, 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 know how inside of the uh, the uh, manufacturing process. However. You are right. 
if we want to try, we want to switch the uh, second fab to zinc carbide production line, it is much easy. Hmm. It's much and, and cost effective. Currently, we we both of the uh, uh, carbide and getting nitride in in epicell group. We 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 have only a uh, six inch. Uh, because the uh, six inch right now is sweet spot. Okay, much easy, and uh, from cost point of view, so far it's good. Mm-hmm. You know because uh, for the SIC, uh, beside the uh, except the uh, engineer issue, they have also one of the uh, big issue in terms of the cost. Mm-hmm. And and the getting getting item is come from getting the getting is come from the uh, substrate. Okay, substrate is quite expensive, and also not so sufficient capacity to support it. So that's why Tesla you know argue that uh, probably they they will reduce the uh, the, the usage of the uh, SIC. Okay, because. If the, uh, the the supply chain cannot sufficient support them, then they can not easily to to expand their 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 market share. So that's one of the uh, issue. And of course, the cost is higher. So if they cannot uh, the the supply cannot reduce the cost, then it, for for Tesla mm. for the end user, it's hard to promote to the market with a high price. Manufacturing. Why I think um, uh, from technology why is because we have to overcome the uh, hardness, we have to overcome the uh, transparency. So uh, handling is an issue, and also you know it's a uh, silicon carbide. So carbon contamination, uh, contamination also one of the uh, challenge for us. Okay, this is for the 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 process wafer process technology, and for the uh, device I think. Uh, you know the the issue will be uh, the planar versus the uh, planar stru- uh, structure versus trench structure. Mm. Yeah, trench okay. of course they can provide better performance. And, trench, and trench, yes, trench structure, yes, and also with uh, you know less, uh, uh, you know uh, more more di- small uh, small die size. However, uh, they have to overcome the uh, reliability issue. Mm-hmm. So right now, planar still still is the uh, mainstream. Even you know the the big giant like uh, ST Micron, they still use the uh, uh, you mm-hmm. know planar planar structure. But mm-hmm. I think in the future, definitely we migrate from current uh, planar to uh, trench structure. Okay. And for us, we also uh, not just develop the uh, you know uh, planar technology. To our customer, but also the uh, trench. Again, okay. some more challenges come from two. One is uh, wafer process. Again, you know, different uh, material mm-hmm. and more complicated uh, process step. And the other one is, uh, you know, the the epitaxy. You know, because uh, for again, they, they they are again on silicon. It's not like a silicon carbide on silicon carbide. It's a uh, it's a homogeneous, but uh, it's a for 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 again, it's total difference. So the mismatch is quite important. It's not easy to overcome, and they have uh, lots of uh, know-how on this, and even some of the pattern on this because you know how to overcome the uh, mismatch issue, 
and the other one is uh, wattage. Okay, so why we still use uh, six inch? You know, because six inch right now is is no too much uh, uh, issue in terms of the wattage or uh, in some carbide six hundred uh, six inch with a fat. Uh, still much com- uh, mature, but uh, people consider the cost. Definitely, they will migrate from current uh, six inch to inch. Like uh, again, start right now. There's a couple company they they uh, already have a uh, inch capacity to to produce the you know inch gain, but the major issue is that they have to overcome. The in the short term, I think it's definitely gallium nitride and silicon carbide. And uh, as for the new technology, I think it is more of uh, application-driven uh, uh, technology uh, for the for the future. As you know, how electronics uh, in this sector, we have a lot of. Uh, uh, conservative uh, perspective mm-hmm. in terms of the adopting a new technology. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as far as I remember, about 20 years ago, whenever people talk about using a gallium nitride device or even silicon carbide devices in mm-hmm. power electronic systems, uh, all you get is a no. A straight answer, no. But uh, you start to see people start to change because they see uh, some new technology is bringing some benefit, especially in a silicon carbide. And how we see here is that the adoption of a gallium nitride is not as uh, popular at this point, and the mm. people also have a lot of doubts. So in terms of uh, the future technology, if you look at this trajectory, will take a long time for people to even look at the new material like a gallium oxide. So uh, as uh, a uh, commercial company, I think uh, we are looking at uh, a technology from now till five years and 10 years. We are still focusing on these two major material systems. Conservatism comes from a few things. The first thing is that uh, there is uh, a need for new packaging technology mm-hmm. to accommodate the increasing power consumption or power uh, handling capability of uh, gallium nitride devices. Low, that is also applied for silicon carbide devices. Because of this need, uh, in the power electronics sector, they are very uh, willing to change the packaging. That is uh, the, the starting point of mm-hmm. this uh, resistance. But as you can see, re- in recent years, uh, a lot of uh, uh, companies, they are promoting a more efficient heat sink technology like uh, EPCs and uh, other uh, low power or low voltage uh, applications, uh, there's a need for us to do a direct bonding of the chipping of uh, the devices onto a, a circuit board. Uh, that will change the landscape for the acceptance of uh, 
of uh, the power electronics. Yeah. And that is one thing. Second thing uh, you mentioned about the defect density. Mm-hmm. Um, strangely, uh, what I saw was that even though uh, we see a lot of uh, delayable traps in gallium nitride, um, we still enjoy the benefit of a wider band gap of a material. So in that case, uh, what we saw was that if uh, even if uh, there's a delayable trap, but uh, the trap level was uh, still far away from your conduction band. So uh, at a certain temperatures, uh, these uh, effects does not impact our device performance that much. Mm. So when we put the, the gallium nitride devices in parallel with the silicon devices, they are still better. Right? But uh, uh, from a pure material science uh, scientist's point of view, you, you always found that, oh, oh there's a defect, uh, just a constraint of uh, defectivities and reliabilities. But uh, the, the result from many companies uh, up to date, you can see this constraint maybe uh, can be alleviated uh, and uh, people still can go forward. Uh, but there is a pretext of uh, this uh, uh, statement. You cannot drive the gallium nitride to its fullest at this point. Mm. You have to do some derating to make sure that uh, you are not stumble on those defects and uh, the reliability issues. So that's what we are seeing today in gallium nitride technology. Uh, if you look at the, the, the transistors, again, hand, for example, you are not seeing a uh, device that operates at uh, the avalanche breakdown electric field, mm. right? They usually will probably scale back by a factor of a two or three. And that is what we are seeing here. And by doing this derating, we are able to boost the reliability of gallium nitride devices. Yeah. How we position GAN on silicon versus GAN on QSD? Q- GAN on QSD is a lot more complex mm-hmm. because you have to prepare the substrate. Okay, there's, there's no substrate that you can just grow GAN on directly, right? There's nothing like that. So you have to prepare. Name to prepare. Okay, okay. right. Uh, silicon. You can do that, right? You grow it directly yeah, on silicon. Yeah, this is easier, yeah. Okay. But how we position the two? Uh, again, on silicon, uh, because, well, uh, there's one consideration. The manufacturing, most people doing the manufacturing, they have some silicon connection, right? They have some silicon infrastructure. So it has to be, they want to leverage the silicon know-how mm. onto uh, get. So you cannot deviate from silicon technology too much. Uh, as a result, uh, the substrate thickness has to be contained in the range. Okay, and, and as a result, um, that can be used only for low voltage or medium voltage. Okay, the highest we, we see now is 650, but barely. If you use QST, QST it has a, a, a QST substrate, chrome is substrate, right? Okay, <laughs> so. It's a much harder material. Mm. It, it's okay. So, um, it, with the same thickness, you can sustain a much higher, thicker, okay. epi texture layers. And when you have a thicker epi texture layer, you can you run can up go to higher voltage. Higher voltage. Right. Okay. So, so we position this uh, at least uh, 650 and above. 
So it can go ideally to 1200 volt or even higher. We demonstrate, uh, we have breakdown voltage like what? 2.4 kilo. 2.4. We have used AI on GAN manufacturing already. Mm -hmm. Okay, of course you need a lot of data. I think we carry GAN in a silicon line. That's extremely important. That's the fastest way to make it work. Okay, because you can leverage all the silicon knowledge onto the scan production. Mm -hmm. Even that is still quite difficult because of the margin again. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. then that's, that's why we carry GAN in a silicon baseline. Well, I think in terms of the professional, <coughs> I, I, I guess you are talking about the, 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 uh, the workforce cultivation. And it is a big problem uh, worldwide because uh, even though if you look at the, the research community, if you go to the gallium nitride-related uh, conferences, very easily like uh, 5,000 people and they are mm -hmm. working on this uh, tiny material called gallium nitride, right? But uh, in a sense, uh, we, uh, we, we have uh, a... a very limited uh, uh, training program worldwide to uh, make the uh, semiconductor technology in general mm -hmm. to be known for the new generation of uh, students. And uh, not even uh, not even in Taiwan, but uh, in in the U.S. Um, maybe in in Europe, mm -hmm. uh, there is a uh, very few uh, awareness of uh, uh, semiconductor technology among the new generations of uh, students. And I had uh, some uh, experience at Georgia Tech whenever I taught this uh, semiconductor device physics in the senior year in the, in their very last semester and they came back to me and told me that hey professor why don't you offer the courses earlier I said well you should have taken my courses earlier not me <laughs> so so the awareness of uh, the importance of a semiconductor in general not just as uh, gallium nitride by silicon or any kind of a new technology is uh, it's a problem and uh, I think uh, we need to uh, uh, think about that in the workforce cultivation. You, if if you look at this uh, scenario, we have to do a lot of on-job training, and the on-job training is actually cost uh, industry a lot of uh, resources to to bring the workforce uh, into the the right state to push forward the technology. Silicon carbide, you you deal with silicon carbide substrate. Silicon carbide substrate is, you know, it's it see through. You can see through, right? So, uh, the detection of whether you have a substrate there on the tools mm -hmm. is different mm -hmm. compared to silicon. Silicon is is, uh, is opaque. Yes. Right. So the tools certainly are not compatible, and also the thickness. The silicon carbide it takes you know, mm -hmm. hours to grow them, so you want to make them as thin as you can, right? So that's the other way. No. Again, on silicon, you have to go very thick. This way, you go very thin. Mm -hmm. Okay, 
and then uh, it, it, it go out of your comfortable range of silicon mine. And so nobody built a silicon carbide in a silicon mine. I think today everyone built a, a, a dedicated a mm. dedicated fire for silicon carbide, right? So um, um, and also the main know-how is in substrate growth. Yeah. Okay. Right. So so if you build a fab just to do the the post processing, the, the the value creation is not that high. To at least to a boundary, right? To a boundary, because we don't know how to grow silicon carbide substrate. <clears throat> so, so usually it's silicon. It's, it's the idea that that are doing this. In terms of the gallium nitride, every as everybody knows, most of people knows the big difference between the gallium nitride devices and the other technology. Silicon carbide or silicon or like it now is that they have a very specific property called a dynamic R R, mm-hmm. and uh, it is because of the surface uh, state of uh, gallium nitride, um, those compounds yeah. create uh, um, some undesired trapping and detrapping effects. Yes. So we have been. Uh, as a research community in the industry um, as a whole, uh, we spend a lot of effort just trying to reduce this kind of uh, surface trapping, detrapping to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is a big challenge, the biggest challenge when, uh, when it comes to the reliability. And uh, today, uh, luckily, uh, we do see some uh, progress uh, in the, the Work around here is to uh, define a specific spec through a standardization, some uh, some JDEC, uh, uh, like a JC70. is enough or we should go beyond? We should go beyond, but this is a good starting point. Good starting point. Good starting point <coughs> so that we can uh, take the status as is and try to see within certain uh, range of uh, uh, dynamic R on mm-hmm. that we can accept and uh, make it as a product. And uh, this is, uh, from what I see, a, a biggest challenge for for getting nitride to be become uh, uh, widely acceptable to the power electronics uh, industry. That brings us to the end of this episode. Stay tuned with more news and technical aspects about power electronics. If you are listening to this on the podcast page at eetimes.com or powerelectronicsnews.com, links to articles on topics we have discussed are shown on this page. Power Up is brought to you by Aspen Core Media. The host is Maurizio Di Paolo Emilio and the producer is James Ede.